Welcome to the Dream Huge Podcast, where we'll talk with real estate investors, entrepreneurs, business leaders, athletes, and more to inspire you with their success stories so you can work hard, never give up, and dream huge. And now, let's start the show. This is the Dream Huge Podcast, show number... What number are we on? Jeez. <laughs> oh, this is the Dream Heaps Podcast, show number seven. I'm not saying spend your money, you know, like crazy, but I'm also saying you got to live in the moment and make sure that you're doing what you need to do for, for the future. Yo, what's up, everybody? We have our guest host, Riley Place, with myself, Justin Biglow, and Pete Peterson here. Welcome to the Dream Huge Podcast. Uh, today, we had Mike Fender on from Edwards Jones here at the uh, Barrington Building in downtown Mansfield, and he talked all about retirement, his military career, uh, his favorite vacation, you know, just a little bit of everything. And, uh, you know, he talks a little bit about crypto. So there's a lot of here for uh, all audiences here. Yeah, uh, I think some great questions answered as far as um, retirement, you know, what, what percentage return you can expect for in retirement, um, what, how he can help kind of line up and help you organize and plan um, and be systematic. That's the key nugget word I took from from um, from Mike today was being systematic in in his approach. And you know he's got a great story because he was with the military. Well, he still is with the military over 21 years, getting ready to retire, and um, ha- ventured into entrepreneurial uh, little entrepreneurial activity. Owned a pizza shop in Galleon. Figured out that wasn't maybe the path for him, but he he kept to his system, you know, he was systematic. He, he used that as a learning, uh, he used that as a learning lesson, a life lesson and continued to work hard and looked for another, well, he wasn't even looking for a venture. I don't want to give away the whole podcast, even though I think I am, (laughs) but he found another venture in financial advising, um, which is another entrepreneurial activity. So he's always had that in him. And you'll find out some other cool things about Mike as well. Some surprises I'll leave out. But very informational stuff. Good to pick the brain of an actual financial advisor. Um, so you'll enjoy. What, what did you take out of it, Riley? You know, Mike was very structured. You can tell he's very well organized. Uh, definitely brings a lot of traits from the military over to the, the, the daily work life. Uh, overall, a great guy. It's an incredible story. You know, especially hearing about how he got into the financial side of things, uh, you know, it just really shows that there's opportunity uh, anywhere. You know, you yeah. never know when you're going to walk into a place, whether it's a restaurant, a meeting, a wedding, um, and then opportunity comes. And, you know, uh, you see a lot of missed opportunities because people aren't ready to jump on them. Um, so I really respect the fact that, you know, despite not even, it was incredible because, you know, I, I asked him. You know, what was the training, the schooling? I, I would have thought he was an investor beforehand. Yeah, me and too. He wasn't. Right. You know, he saw that opportunity. He took it and, you know, it's paying dividends now. Um, definitely someone I would want to invest with, someone I would want to handle my retirement. Very structured, very organized. Um, and, and you really just have to respect, you know, the ability to pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why he's you know, where he's at right now. Absolutely. Yep. He took action and he's moving forward. I love that. Yeah, guys. So um, stay tuned. It's a great interview. And we're going to ask you guys to subscribe, like, all that stuff. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Where else are we at, Pete? Um, 
iTunes, uh, Spotify. We haven't got drops from Spotify yet, so we're still there with Rogan, as far as I know. <laughs> not, not long. Um, we're on all of them, all of the all of the podcast outlets, um, including our own webpage. Um, if you want to just listen online, um, just go to dreamhuge.com and at the top of the screen, just click on a podcast, and you can find us there, dreamhuge.com. All right, guys. Well, uh, stay tuned, and we got a good one for you today. So let's get into it. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Dream Huge podcast hosted by Riley Place today, sitting in for Mark Gray. What's going on, everyone? How you doing, Riley? Good, Justin sir. Bigelow and myself, Pete Peterson, and our special guest, Mr. Michael Fender with Edward Jones Investments. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Of course. Thank you for coming. Appreciate you. Um, so um, Mike is uh, has an office here in town, um, Michael Fender with Edward Jones, and he was kind enough to loan us his time today um, to come into us and speak with us about retirement planning, maybe a little bit uh, about his military career, if you didn't know. <clears throat> know that about Michael and we're going to dig into and pick his brain about um, just investments in general. Maybe he's going to teach us how to sock away some money and make some more money and get some better returns on our money. How's that sound, Mike? That sounds great. That sounds great. I like it. <laughs> All right. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you actually do over there at Edward Jones. So with Edward Jones, you know, I know a lot of people want to know what, uh, you know, investing all entails, you know, um, it's more long-term with Edward Jones, you know, long-term planning, you know, pe getting people set up for retirement and then people that are already in retirement, you know, want to make sure that they're living in retirement, living successful in retirement and just making sure that they're on the right path. So whether you're looking to just start out, whether you're just starting out, whether you're young, whatever, you know, even in your middle age and you know what, you just haven't had that plan, just making sure that you're getting on the right track to, to get to retirement. And also, you know, the, dealing with the stuff that we deal with every day, every year, like taxes and stuff like that, everything that comes with it. And then also making sure that once you do get to retirement, that we can live comfortably and do what you want to do in retirement, whether that be, you know, live in Florida on a, on a, with a boat on the beach or whether, you know, whether you want to just buy a camper and travel the world and you travel America, whatever you want. So uh, we just make sure that uh, we're on the right track. And that's great. And, um, uh, just a little something on retirement that I had heard another financial advisor kind of mention this quote, and it really stuck with me. There's three phases to retirement. There's the go-go years, there's the slow-go years, and then there's the no-go years, okay? And so you guys can all relate to that if you have family members that are in retirement. Um, right when you're freshly retired, it's go-go, baby. I mean, you are going around traveling, having fun, <laughs> right? You know, partying. Um, my folks are actually in go-go right now. Go-go mode, you know. <laughs> they are having a good time. Um, but then you come to slow-go, right? So you're, spe you're probably spending a little bit less. Hopefully, you're probably staying at home more. You have some ailments maybe that are preventing you from traveling the world um, like you prefer to. And then you have no-go. And this is the worst scariest part for me and the most financially burdening part is the uh, assisted living mm -hmm. um, portion, you know, because uh, that can really destroy you and your family financially. And that's why I always preach, you know, 
ultimate success here in the office. We all want to be as ultimately successful as we can because we need to prepare for those no-go years, not only for ourselves, but for our loved ones. Um, so what can you tell me about setting up um, for, let's say you have, some, I mean, I know that we can go so many different directions on this, but let's say you are freshly retired. What would you advise a uh, freshly retired couple to do um, with their finances? Newly, uh, newly retired people, you know, we're going to sit down and we're going to go every through everything. We're going to go through all costs. What do you have going out? What do you have coming in? Obviously, you know, if you're Social Security age, what do we have coming in in Social Security? What do we have invested as far as in 401ks? What did we put away for retirement? What do we have in investments, uh, whether it be annuities, um, any of those items, any of those items, we want to make sure what do we have and what are we looking to do with that? You know, what are your plans in the future? Uh, as far as, you know, like that go-go phase, what, <laughs> what do you want to do? Do you want to buy a camper? Do you want to travel the U.S.? Do you want to, you know, buy that second home, that vacation home? Do you want to be that snowbird that goes back and forth? You know, what are the plans, first of all? And then also, what do we have set up for, you know, do you have children? Do you have grandchildren? What is the legacy that you want to leave them? What I mean by that is what, what are your plans to leave uh, you know, do you have everything set up that when you are not here in that unfortunate time when you're not here and the family's, you know, everybody's sad, do you have everything set up to where they don't have to worry about running around trying to figure out what you had, what you were doing and everything like that? Do we have everything set up? And also, what are you leaving them? What are you going to leave them? And how do you want to leave it to them as far as you know, payouts and stuff like that. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a process. It's a process of knowing. And then also on top of that, how do you, how do you get it to them? Do, do we make sure that they are, you know, set up to, um, you know, to not go through probate? Can we get everything that we can possibly get to not go through probate, to not go through the lawyers? Lawyers like to charge, you know, a lot of money for estates. So, you know, what can we, what can we make sure that, that um, we have handed down to them? So, you know, there, it's a little bit of a process, but that's what we do. We sit down, we go through every aspect, you know, life insurance. What life insurance do you have? What do we need? What do we need to cover for expenses, whether that be long-term care insurance, life insurance, you know, items like that. So, Very good. Yeah, so it's it, a lot of that is, from what I'm hearing, is budgeting first, structuring the budget, and organizing and preparing. It's all organization. It really yeah. is. Um, you know what you have. Um, we all know what you have, you know, especially when it's time to retire and you're going to transfer. We're going to roll that 401k over to Edward Jones or whatever you have. We're going to make sure that we're going to work together. It's going to be a partnership because we're going to make sure that you're, if you're you know, expenses are $2,000 a month, $4,000. Let's say they're $4,000 a month. Whatever your expenses are going to be and whatever you have coming in, you need to supplement that income. So guess where that's going to come from? That's going to come from your all the money that you put away over those years if you if you were able to. And then once we do that, hey, you know what? Let's think about some life insurance. So, you know, hopefully, you know, your growth and uh, the years as the years go by 
you're still going to be invested. Even though you retired, you're still going to be invested. Maybe we're not going to be, we're not going to be heavily invested as far as our risk. Our risk is going to be a lot less So when we retire. So our fluctuation is not going to be as great. But um, you know, as, as that goes on, we need to make sure that we're, you know, we're still growing our money even though we're retired. So and then on top of that, what do we need for life insurance, long-term care insurance? Maybe we take a little bit off the top for that also to make some payments to some insurance stuff. Everybody loves tax-free money, right? So when you give your kids, when you leave your legacy and you give your kids, say, two, $300,000 of taxable income versus four or 500 of untaxed income, guess what? It makes it... It makes it a little bit better for them. Huge difference. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, great book uh, for you listeners out there. Your biggest bill in life is the tax man. Okay? <laughs> so you, he's hitting you from all angles. So your best way to avoid that is, you know, avoid the tax man in all legal ways possible um, and maximize your, your tax uh, avoidances, um, if I can say that. All right, so let's get back to the specifics of the investing. Um, mm-hmm. So if I want to be... so. For me, it was always S&P 500 index funds, sock it away, dollar cost averaging. Um, of course, I, I'm, I can take the risk. I'm 44 years old, you know, so I can put 90% into that or 100%. Is, do you recommend a strategy like that? Or is there another item or mutual fund family or strategy that can essentially beat the S&P over the long term. S&P is going to be really aggressive. It is really aggressive, you know, because you're going to you're going to be following that, so you're going to have a lot more fluctuation. Um, I love S&P index funds. Uh, I'm huge uh, into a lot of different funds, you know, mutual funds, ETFs, especially for the tax advantage. ETFs are great. Um, <clears throat> I'm huge on that. And someone being 44, 41, you know, whatever, I forget how, but whatever you guys, uh, whatever your ages are, when you're, when you're under 50 like that, you have time to correct. We all know when you go back clear years and years and years ago, we know that even in 2008, when, when we took a hit in 2008, 9-11, we have instances in time, in history, where we know we're going to get knocked on our butt every once in a while. But guess what? We're always going to come back, and we're going to come back stronger. Um, and it's just proven. The S&P compared to back when it first started, it, it, you know that it is progressively going to go up and up and up. You're going to have years in there that are going to be – it's going to be rough, but we know that it's going to go up. Growth funds, which are you know tied into, like, say, the S&P, huge fan of growth funds, especially for someone our age. And when you're under 50, as you start getting older, then we start bringing back that risk tolerance. We start, we start scaling back a little bit. Maybe we go from really, really trying to grow our money maybe to, you know, being a little bit more conservative. Then when we start hitting that upper 50s, then we start maybe going to a balanced portfolio. You know, you start maybe getting out of the S&P type stuff. It doesn't hurt to have a little bit in there, but we stay, we take more of it away from that S&P and start putting in a more balanced type stuff. Right. Just to be just to be a little bit more conservative and to be more and to know that we're going to have that to live off of later. Yeah. Less fluctuation. I think you really have to think about 
rebalancing that portfolio Absolutely. as you age. It's customizing it to that, correct? You've got, you know, the uh, the S&P, it works fine. Um, what, typically 12% return over history, over Ye- time? I, I want to say, yeah, it's over It's over 10%, yeah. But, yeah. but the bad thing about that is that's an average. So if Absolutely. you retire, it's 60. And um, for 10 years, the S&P could be flat or negative. I mean, like you said, over time it's up, but you could have a five or 10 year period where it spikes, it goes back, and you're sitting here five years later at the same exact point on the S&P. Over the long term, over hundreds of years, it's always gonna increase, but you have to think about your window of retirement and your age. Absolutely. Because you you can't with, withstand those um, quick hits like that within a five or 10 year hit, you know, one of my big, one of uh, Edward Jones and my, and my big, one of our big pet peeves is diversification. We're not going to throw everything in S and P that, that, you know, that'd be crazy. We want to make sure that we're diversified American funds, MFS. We're going to have different fund families that we're going to have invested. You know what? Stocks, long-term value dividend stocks, Great thing. Having having things diversified and having money split up in different areas gives you that opportunity for growth and protection. I tell all my clients, listen, I want to grow your money. We want to grow our money, but we also want to be protected at the same time when bad times come. We don't want everything all in, in crazy stuff. And, uh, you know, I've had that conversation with many, many people. So, Do you um, sell NFTs yet? <laughs> no, that their one just sold for that crypto punk just sold for twenty five million. Wow, that's what we should be investing in. <laughs> we, should, we should take pictures of the new Art Decor outside and sell that. On, but that's an honest question. <laughs> you have not gotten the NFTs. No, yet. we don't do any crypto. No crypto. No crypto. Okay. Um, crypto is another is another animal. Listen, I have many, many clients that have their own little personal funds, their own little personal things. And I tell them, I tell everybody, have fun, go do your things. When it comes to long-term retirement investing, I'm your guy. Yeah. When it comes to, you know, if you have a little bit of money to play with, play. Right. Have fun. You sure. know what? It's great. It's great to have things to be able to do. Go buy, you know, go do those things. Um, if you want to invest in crypto, go for it. But go as far as Edward Jones, I mean, you guys are a monster, right? You're one of the largest in the country, in the yes. world. Yes, And um, you are not on the crypto wagon yet. Uh, no. Um, no. Are, are any of the other big uh, names, your Merrill Lynch's, your um, other advisors, are, are any of them doing crypto? I can't say for sure if they are or not. I know you can go through a lot of... Um, what I want to say, uh, you know, your apps yeah. you can get through. But as far as your big companies, say like a Merrill Lynch or a Charles Schwab, I don't, I don't believe so, but I don't know. Honestly, I don't really know. I can't really answer I'm that. I'm curious, and, no. and I'm, I'm waiting for when Edward Jones does adopt it because for me that's, that's when it's almost verified, yeah. right? I mean, it's still, yeah, I believe in it. I'm putting some money in there. It's, it's play money, but um, – <laughs> Because I can afford to lose it, you know, if it does go to absolute zero, I don't think that it will. But when a guy like a Edward Jones gives it the green light, it's like, wow, maybe this stuff is really for real. Well, think about crypto for a second. Um, crypto, you know, when you go buy, if I said, hey, let's invest in some value dividend stocks, let's go to, you know, a Tesla or, or Walmart or let's go to Lowe's, you know, any of the, any stock that you pick, any of them. Mm-hmm. That's backed by a company. That sure. company is footing that 
that stock. Right. That that company, your that stock goes up and down by the performance and by, you know, everything that's involved with stocks with that company. What is crypto backed by? That's a great question. Digital space. It's a digital idea. <laughs> yeah. It's an idea. So and I'm not against crypto. Right. I'm not against it at all. Um, you know what? I can't I can't offer it. Um, but I don't tell people to, I don't shy them away from it either. I don't think it's a great idea to invest every dollar you have or every in, in retirement dollar that you have. I don't, I don't agree with that, but I don't agree with that in anything. I don't agree with putting every dollar you have in the S and P. Sure. I believe in diversification. I really believe that. And, it, and it's going to get you to the best area of having that, like you said, that average mm-hmm. of, Hey, I want to, I want an average of 10%. I want an average of 12%. I want to average that over the next 10 years. Think about it. In 10 years, the average right now, since for a, for a long, long time, every 10 years, think about it this way. Seven years are good. Three years are bad. That's kind of the trend. That's, yeah. that's not, I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying that that's a guaranteed uh, thing, but um, you know, uh, obviously I can't guarantee anything. I don't have my crystal ball, but think about it. After 10 years, three years, are, are bad. Seven years are good. That's kind of the trend. So we need to capitalize on those, on those years that are good. Best way to do that is be diversified and make sure that during those three bad years that we're protected. Mm-hmm. Now, Mike, have you found that there's a, a certain number that people should have if they want to retire comfortably? You know, is it is it half? A, is there a golden number? Is it half a million? Is it four hundred thousand? Is it seven hundred thousand? Is there a number that you see that? you know, people begin to really live comfortably? I get this question a lot. Um, No. Um, Anybody can sit here and say, hey, you need a million. You need two millions. You need what you need. What do you want to do? What do you want to do in retirement? What do you see yourself doing? If you you see yourself moving to Florida and buying a, you know, million-dollar mansion, guess what? You need some money. If you see your, you know, a, a lot of the people, and it's different for here in Mansfield, you know, unfortunately, you know, Mansfield's not, you know, it, it's it's tough out there for a lot of people in Mansfield. Um, you know, it's it's not a, you know, well-booming town. It's a it's a good town, but it's, you know, the, the, the average person doesn't have a ton of money here in Mansfield. Um, you know, a lot of people live off Social Security, and, and some people, that's enough for them. You know, I have I have multiple, multiple clients who live off their Social Security and have tons of money put away, and it's just invested in just sitting there, and they don't even live off of it. You know, someone might have worked for 40 years at a factory and then getting, you know, $2,500 a month in Social Security. And, uh, you know, their wife worked for 30 years, and they're getting, you know, 1800 So when you add the two up, you know, that's not a bad living for, you know, someone in their 60s and 70s. They, you know, they have enough to live on and do what they want to do. Um, and then they're, you know, five, six hundred thousand sitting in the bank, not doing it or sitting in uh, Edward Jones, not doing anything. It's just, you know, it's just invested and it's growing for them and they, and they love it. So honestly, it depends on what you want to do. You know, a good number to think about is think about where you're at. If you had Social Security or if you don't have it, what percentage, what do you want to live off? What would be a good number? And that's, that's the hard part for a lot of people is trying to figure out what they need, what they want in retirement. So let's do this real quick. Let's kind of work backwards. So if I have, let's say, $3 million, $3 million Big baller. Times, like, wow, that's, 
point. I'm just throwing a magic number. Say five percent. Point oh five. Okay, so that was going to be my question. What, Say five percent. Okay, so let's that's conservative. Let's take the number down then. So what percentage um, return may I expect in a retirement port in a retirement portfolio on average? About five. See, I was thinking about three. So five is encouraging to me. Now I'm like, oh, that's a, a weight <laughs> off my shoulders. I don't have to save quite as much money. So um, if I've got a million in the bank at five percent, that's fifty grand a year. So that's, that's not bad. So we can live on fifty. If you can, if you feel that you can pay your bills and live comfortably and have fun at fifty grand a year, then you need a million in the bank. If you want to make a hundred grand a year, you better have two million in the bank when you retire. Right. Yeah, that doesn't seem too seem too bad. I mean, at that point, your house is probably going to be paid off or very low, so the mortgage is going to be high. Exactly. Fifty grand is enough to live life and have fun. So, what am I getting? What does my portfolio look like um, to get five percent on average? You mean as far as diversification? Yeah. Um, you know, we're going to have a lot of we're going to have some growth stuff in there, but we're going to have a lot of uh, income stuff in there. Mm -hmm. We're going to make sure that um, we have the cash set aside to be able to to pay our bills and do what we need to do. But we're also going to grow the money. That's the thing. Just because we're retired doesn't mean we we want to be able to cover those assets. If you have a million in 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 Edward Jones. Guess what? That fifty thousand that comes out, we want that replaced every time it comes out. We want that balance to stay at a million dollars throughout. Right. Don't touch the principal. Yes. Yeah. We don't want us. We don't want to take it down. So five percent is conservative. That's yeah. actually conservative. That's um, great. You know. I, so what are the income-based um, products that you've mentioned? Well, I mean, and that's the thing. You bonds. Can, it, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, the bond market's not really great right now, and uh, we all know that, you know, how interest rates are right now. You know, the um, CDs and stuff like that, they're not really paying a whole lot, but that's but that's okay. That's okay. You know, we consider that cash, you know, CDs, cash, you know, that's the stuff that we're going to. Yeah, we are only might only get a percent off of it, not really keeping up inflation with that money, but that's okay. We're going, we're going to keep... We're going to utilize that money for living. The other stuff that we have in there, we're going to trade. We're going to still still try to grow it. We're still we might not be super aggressive, but we're still going to try to grow it. So we're covering the losses, and I don't say losses, but the money that we're removing, we want to make sure that we replenish. Yeah. Now here's the problem. Not every year's a positive year, right? Yeah. But then, so I'll give but you. That's an whenever you get all the phone calls. Hey, I want to sell. It's time. Let's sell off all these so that's losers, the thing. Mike. Think about this. Eighteen, two thousand eighteen, and I'm only going to go back a couple of years. Two thousand eighteen, I think we were down what six, seven, eight percent somewhere around there at the end of the year. Okay. By the end of, in eighteen, started out okay, but ended ended kind of bad. Not bad, but you know that's not a bad year. That's actually not a bad year. It's just a down year. Guess what? Nineteen came back at. 19%. Yeah. So even if you were conservative, you're still making 10, 12, 11%. Yeah. So guess what? The money that you lost the year before, you just made up. If you look at trends going back all the way, the bad years, guess what? The next year was even better. That's just the way it is. That's yeah. how things go. You just have to look at the trends, know that you're going to have years that you guys are going to be calling me. People are going to be calling and saying, what in the world is going on, Mike? I, this, is, this is irritating. And, and people don't really understand when I sit here and say, hey, you might have in 10 years, how long is a year? It's, 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 to see your balance down for a whole year 
and see that you've lost $20,000 or $30,000 or whatever you've lost. Mm -hmm. To see a loss for a whole year, people... Start freaking it, out. It, it's hard. And they should see that as a buying opportunity, not a absolutely, selling opportunity. Absolutely. That's <laughs> another thing we can talk about. That, yeah, because, you know, you know, I'm doing a little bit of stock stuff. You know, usually mm -hmm. if it's down really low, it doesn't really go any lower. It's going to come back up. It's going to. Sooner than it would, than you would think. It's more likely to go up than down. Absolutely. And it and you got to make sure that you're invested in the right things that are going to come back up. That's that's the key. The key is finding the good stuff, making sure that you're invested in the things that you need to be invested in. So to I mean to answer your question, it's really on dependent on you. It depends on what you want to live with and how you want to live in retirement. If you retire with a million dollars and you think that that's not enough for you to live on, then, um, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't know what to say about that. You know, the only thing that you can do is try to get to that point. Try to, you know, try to make as much as you possibly can. Put away as much as you can. Um, like we talked about in, in, uh, on our little Facebook thing. Start now. Start now. Even if it's $50 a month putting into a Roth IRA. Yep. It's great. It's great. That, that there, you have to start somewhere. So. Um. Now you're our financial guy in the room, the stock expert. So we're gonna we're gonna dive into day trading a little bit here, <laughs> okay? Because Biggie and I are with a guy named Sean Chitwood, and he's kind of helping us out. Um, and uh, he has a group called Alpha Beta Report. That's right. And they do um, they uh, we trade stock trading tips, um, crypto, scalping, swings, and we're kind of just learning it. We're kind of just fresh to it still. So. I'm going to prick your brain a little bit on this. Is there a, a day trading strategy that you would say or know of that is more tried and true than maybe the next? So just to give you an instance, we may be getting some folks in the weeds out there, some listeners, if they're not into day trading, but j we're just talking about like EMA crosses. All right. Um, so if you see a two EMAs cross with volume, is that a buy signal? Or are there any other typical buy? And okay, so here's great. Before I get into more into too much more into the weeds, let me offer this piece of financial advice for stock trading. Um, you want to always uh, buy low and sell high. Does everybody? Did everybody jot that one down? I think, yeah, I think everybody knows that. Buy, buy low and sell. Okay, so we're just trying to figure out how to master that, and more specifically on a short time frames. Um, so what is there any type of EMA cross or any other indicators that, or do you even dive into that world at all? I don't, I don't. And here's why. Now I, I have people come in all the time that want to know about stocks and I do my research. Um, you know, there's some, I've had people come in with, you know, a hundred thousand dollars and say, Hey, I want it in this stock and I don't even know what the stock is. I mean, that happens. I yeah. mean, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, there's Absolutely. thousands of stocks, thousands of investments out there. Right. And to be honest with you, I don't know them all. Right. There's no way to let know alone them know all. their financials yes, inside yes, and out. Yes. So yeah. I do my research. I do my due diligence. And uh, if someone comes in and says, "Hey, they want something," I'm going to help them invest it. Now, here's the thing. Um, Justin and I have uh, kind of touched on this a little bit. I'm not a day trader. I am not a stock broker. Um, I deal with long-term, systematic investing. I can help you with stocks. I can help and research stocks. You know, if I give a stock advice, it's going to be normally it's going to be long-term value dividend stocks. It's going to be something that you can put money into and 
you're going to benefit from it 10 years, 20 years down the road. Just like putting money in Apple 20 years ago, 10 years ago. Now you're going to have more money. That's more of what I do, uh, the diversification, uh, making sure that their portfolios are diversified to have long-term dividends, long, uh, stocks, um, you know, dividend stocks, um, mutual funds, ETFs, um, anything like that. As far as day trading goes, that I, I have, honestly, I hate to say it, but I don't have any advice on that because yeah. um, that's not something that I do. You know, I'm not a stockbroker. I don't go, I'm not the guy standing on the, on the, on the floor or doing my research. Um, you know, I've got, I've got 250 clients. You know, I've got lots of clients that I sit here and I have to deal with every day and talk to every day and make sure that they're on the right path. So I don't have a lot of, my time is not devoted to making sure that, you know, um, I'm researching stocks to be able to make make someone that quick dollar. Gotcha. So I think the key word I took from that was systematic. Yes. You have a systematic approach, and systems are undefeated. That's Just correct. so you guys know that. That's systems are undefeated. So I think the, right, the other key, so that is your system, and it works for you and your clients. So it kind of answered my question in a way. If there is a system that I can use that is proven with the day trading or the scalping, stick to the system. Have sure. discipline. Stick to the, whatever system you choose to use. Sure. And um, don't let your emotions break, <laughs> break, break the system. You know what happens to break the system is the operator of the system. Yeah, usually. yeah. People panic. Yeah. Sure. Uh, but, but the one thing that, uh, you know, and like you said it yourself, you know, don't, don't panic. Don't panic on, on what's going on. And, and, and make sure that uh, you're doing your due diligence. Um, and, you know, this goes back to what I said about playing around. Go have, go, if you have some extra money, you got $5,000, whatever, yeah, that could be used for long-term purposes. But you know what? If you feel the need to get out there and play a little bit, have a little fun, do a little trading, do it. Have fun. Do it. Make some money, and then the money that you make, bring me, a, you know, bring me a little, bring me a check, and we'll invest it, and then go make some more. Now, Mike, on that note, and I know you said you're not to the day trading side of things, but have you seen apps like? Apps like Robinhood, absolutely. Have they come into play on your side of things, or is it just so completely separate that it's just? Two it's so powers? completely separate. You know, like T. You know, you have your apps like Robinhood, TD Ameritrade, Fidelity. You've got all your apps and 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 trading platforms. Mm -hmm. um, you know. That's personal preference on which one you want to use, which one offers you the best. Um, you know, I, I, I don't have any. Uh, I don't have any um, recommendations on that. Um, you know, go with whichever one you feel like you. You know, offers the best trades, offers the best advice, whatever. Um, but you know, I've got multiple, multiple clients who who have a Robinhood account or a TD Ameritrade account, and then they go they go play and they go have they go try to make some extra money on the side. And, uh, you know, invest their money. And um, you know what? I don't have anything against it. I have nothing against it. The one thing that I want people to always understand is, yeah, you're investing with Mike Fender and you're investing with Edward Jones, but it's ultimately your money. You get people think that I get these people all the time on the phone that sit there and go, well, I'm going to bring you money. I'm going to bring it to you. I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm giving it to you. You're not giving me money. It's your money. 
you can do whatever you want with it. You make the ultimate. I'm here for to help you to make sure that you get to a certain point in life. And this whole systematic thing, you know, making sure that you have money for in retirement and make sure that you have what you need in retirement to live. And I'm going to help you whether it comes down to you just need advice on bills, you know, anything, anything you need help with, I'm here to help you with. If you want to, you know, go out and take a little bit of money and have a little bit of fun. It's your money. You can do whatever you want with it, ultimately. Um, I don't recommend everybody taking every dime they have and, uh, and, and, and investing it that way. But, you know, ultimately, it's your decision. So, you know, whatever you decide, I'm there to back you up as much as I can. I just want to say this. If any, any listeners out there just want to bring me money, they're, they're <laughs> welcome to. <laughs> yeah, I'll gladly take, you know, I'll take good care of it. Or we'll, we'll donate it. Right. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll put it to, it to a good cause. Give it to the Dream Huge Fund. <laughs> <laughs> All joking aside, though, folks, um, tell us, we're going to dive into your story a little bit here, okay. Mike. You know, how did you get uh, hooked up with Edward Jones? So, uh, so, um, I actually came into this office from a, a previous gentleman who was in the office who is now in Marion. Actually, you're familiar with him. His name's Dan Goodlin. Uh, he is in the Mar- he's in Marion now. Uh, he was in that office for a few years here in downtown uh, Mansfield, and uh, he got an opportunity. Um, you know, it's nice because. Um, you know, everybody that works out there, you're always looking for, you know, uh, a promotion or, or some, you know, you know, things to happen for you. And, uh, you know, he had something very good happen for him. Uh, he was able to move to another office that was a very significant office and, uh, you know, great opportunity for him and his family. So, uh, and he needed somebody to take over this office. So, um, by chance, um, we saw him and uh, another advisor out to for drinks one night we actually saw them out didn't plan on it just saw him sitting there and uh, waved our hand he, they invited us over to have a drink with them and uh, asked me what I was doing uh, because I had uh, gone through so- selling of a business and um, yeah he asked me what I was doing I told him I was gonna semi-retire you know with my military stuff and just kind of kick back and not do anything and uh, he said nope no you're not i got an opportunity <laughs> for you um so uh, yeah it ended up being uh, uh i didn't know it at the time because he couldn't tell me there was a lot of restrictions on what he could say but he said there's an opportunity for edward jones in the mansfield area and i'd like you to jump on it so it ended up finding out it was actually his office so, so what business had you sold so i had owned a pizza shop in galleon um i owned that for uh for a few years uh i started that out in uh 14 um owned it for five years and then ended up selling it ultimately because uh you know being in the military being um you know having four children um at the time i only had three but uh you know having three children at the time just the the pull on life owning a business um, it, it's, uh, it was, it was, it was tough. It was very tough working a lot of hours, um, trying to, you know, employees dealing, you know, you know, um, with a pizza place like that, you know, a small town pizza place, um, the, 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 the strain of, um, you know, having employees and people calling off and stuff like that. It, it was, it was difficult. It was a strain on the family life, uh, you know, the military life, um, stuff like that. So, uh, something had to give. So, uh, I ended up, uh, my wife and I had a big discussion, and I ended up uh, putting it up for sale, putting the business up for sale. I sold it in July of uh, 19, and in November of 19, um, I had you know I had some rentals and stuff like that, and was just kind of 
flying in the in the military and dealing with some of that stuff, just kind of chilling. And uh, that's when I met Dan in uh, the end of October, and, and he said. He said, I hear you sold your business. Guess what? <laughs> you want to buy another one? <laughs> Guess yeah. what? You're coming to work for Edward Jones. Dan so. the man. Shout out yeah. to Dan with the opportunity there. Um, now, so, did, did you have to go to school for that? Did you have to go through yes, training? Yeah. So uh, starting out that next that next, uh, that next next in, in January, um, uh, I got hired in December. And then in January, it just, uh, yeah, it takes uh, quite a few months. It's, it's a lot of testing. Uh, series seven, series sixty six, insurance testing. Um, yeah, it's 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 you know I've been in the military twenty one years now, uh, still going, getting ready to retire this year. But uh, you know, compared to it, military training and you know college and all the different stuff that I've gone through, the 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 finance industry testing, is some of the hardest testing I've ever had to deal with in my entire life. It's not fun. Jeez. It's not fun. But uh, but it's worth it. it. It was worth it. It was worth it. it was worth the struggle. Um, okay, curious because I'm a franchise owner okay. with, over at Interstate Batteries as well. We own, it's a family business, but we bought into a franchise. Um, my parents uh, invested ten thousand dollars to buy this Virgin Territory back in 1978, and each franchise is kind of structured a little differently. Um, what the initial investment is, what they require from mm-hmm. you, um, what 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 do you pay? What do they pay? Um, curious, what does how, what does it cost to start up an Edward Jones franchise? So to you're actually not really you're not an actual franchisee. Okay, um, you are an employee. Um, so, uh, I'm actually just an, I'm a financial advisor with Edward Jones. Uh, I, I, yes, I have my own office, but, uh, I'm, I'm an employee of Edward Jones. Gotcha. Um, you know, Did financial know advisors are employees. Um, you know, the, the lady that works with me, uh, her name's Jill Wentz, great lady. Um, you know, she's, uh, she's there to help for whatever anybody needs. Uh, she's the face of, of my office, uh, which is way better. She's way better looking than I am, um, which I'm glad that's why she sits out there. Um, so, uh, it just, there's nothing, there's nothing that you need to do as far as a franchisee. You need to make sure that, um, you know, there's a process, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're a new advisor, you know, I, I, I got lucky. I will say, I don't want to I got lucky. Um, you know, I took over an office, mm-hmm. so it was uh, it was a little easier for sure. me. You know, there's some advisors out there, Edward Jones, that you know have to have to work their way up to where I I was. So, you know, um, I will consider myself lucky, but. You know, Dan, I don't want to pat myself on the back, but Dan knew what he was getting with me. He knew the, um, you know, someone that was going to bust their butt and uh, make sure that they did everything that he would want for his clients, make sure that I would take care of them the way he would take care of them. So mm-hmm. interesting. <clears throat> I would say to that, all that military experience and all that, you know, that character building, that is really probably one of the things he saw in you. Yeah. They allowed him to take that risk but you by doing all that put yourself in the position to have that lucky break and we talked about that a lot yeah i like i I, i'm very appreciative of uh everything that he did um you know i wasn't really looking for this but him seeking me out and and or you know us you know by chance you know i don't believe in fate not a big fate guy but it was right place right time and um he knew who i was and what i was about and um, 
you know, in, 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 in my work ethic and in stuff like that. So he, he, you know, we've known each other for a little while with our families, you know, with their daughters playing sports and stuff. So he knew who I was and he knew what I was about. So, um, you know, I like to think that, uh, you know, that was one of the reasons why he was so adamant about me taking over his office. So, um, and it's worked out fantastically. The, 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 he, he's, he doesn't like to, we, we give each other a hard time a lot. So we don't like to, you know, praise each other that much because we don't want each other to get a big head. You know, I don't like telling him he does a good job. I don't like to, you know, I tell him every, every day, I tell him anytime I talk to him that his clients are so much happier that I'm in there now rather than him. So, um, but you know, he, uh, he, uh, he knows that, uh, by me taking over that I was going to, I was going to do what needed to be done. Um, kick names and yeah, we know that. Take ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, so tell us a little bit about your military career. You'd mentioned that. Yeah. So uh, I actually started in Columbus. I'm, I've been in the National Guard now for 21 years. This, this May will be 21 years. Um, you know, worked as an electrical guy on the airplanes out here on the C-130. Uh, lived in California for a couple of years, uh, Idaho for a year. And then I uh, moved back here, was working out here full-time out at the base um, since 2006. So it was 2006 to 2011, 10, 2010, 2011. I uh, was out here full-time working on planes, um, just fixing them, making sure that they were running right. And then uh, I don't know if you guys remember or know, the people. a lot of people in the area don't really remember or know that uh, the base went through a little phase transition where they went to C-27s instead of C-130s. Um, different type of plane, just a two-engine plane. Well, it was under contract maintenance, so I became a lead um, uh, avionics guy uh, for L3 Communications, uh, working out at the base full-time still, but in a different in a different aspect, in a, in a contractor aspect. Did that, went overseas for a year uh, in Afghanistan, spent a year in Afghanistan with these planes. That was, that was tough, um, being away from family for a year, but uh, did it. Um, and then when I got back, the planes actually went away and we got 130s back. So now we got the 130s back. And that's when, right when I got home, that's when I started, decided to start that, start the, uh, my business, um, the pizza business out of nowhere. Didn't know anything about pizza. Didn't know anything about business. Just had a, had a little bit of money in the pocket and wanted to do something different other than be full-time military. I was still in the military, still doing my weekend duties, but just wanted to do something different. Mm-hmm. And uh, found out that that was a lot harder than <laughs> it's tough having your own business. It really is. Um, but uh, it was worth it. It was it was successful. It was worth it. It was uh, rewarding, but it was time consuming and it was uh, it, it takes a toll on you. So you just got to, for someone, and I'm sure, you know, Pete knows that you, you got to have the right situation and the right mindset of having your own business and knowing the ups and the downs of it. Oh yeah. And that's, what's great about this podcast. And and these guys are independent contractors. So they're, they're, they're their own business owners as well. So they, they, you guys all understand and can empathize with that, that fun stuff. Um, (laughs) It's all trial and error. Yeah. The famous Robert Frost quote. I think we talk about it every podcast. You work faithfully for someone for eight hours eight hours a day for several years, you eventually get to be the boss and work for 16 hours a day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, um, how do you hope to inspire others with your story, Mike? You know, um, 
I'm not really trying to and really inspire anybody. I'm just trying to help people. If I can help the, even one person um, get to do what they want to do, whether it be in retirement or now, you know, Justin and I have had conversations before where, um, listen, you have aspects of your life where, you know, you and I, like, for example, you and I, we, you know, some of us in here, we got, we have children. You can't just put everything away into retirement. Guess what? You still have to pay your, you pay your bills, you put stuff away for retirement, but you have to live. You have to live your life. You have to do the things that you want to, that you need to do. And you know what? The things that you want to do, take that vacation with the kids, do other things. You have to, there has to be balance in everything. And if I can help somebody and inspire them and guide them in the right way to make sure that they are able to pay their bills, have a little fun and make sure that they, they're doing what they need to do for retirement. If I can help somebody do that, that's all the inspiration I need. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, because if I can't really necessarily be inspired if I don't have like stability, a plan. So if you can yeah. help me be stable, then that helps me be inspired. Like do self inspiration. Absolutely. Me, uh, it opens up doors to allow me to be inspired. Absolutely, yeah. it gets you. It Sets gets you, you in the right mindset. You're in the right mindset. It's yeah. just like exercising. When you're sitting there and you're exercising, and you get into that groove where you're exercising, you feel better about yourself. You're, you you feel you know you you just you feel better mentally, emotionally. You feel better you know physically. Yeah. When you're exercising, you get into that groove. You know when people do that. Now, I mean, by the looks of it, I don't do a lot of exercising, but I know I know I've heard. Yes. Um, you know. But anyways, my point is. <laughs> Yeah, my I mean, point. I go to the gym. Just, I don't go to the gym just to get fit. I go there to get my mind right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the same way financially. Same way financially. If you're doing what you need to do and making sure that you're paying the paying the bills, and and not only paying the bills, but living, having fun. You know what? That's the thing. You got to have fun because. We've I've talked about this with a lot of the older folks too. You know, how many people do you know that get to retirement age that? you know, they live a couple of years and then unfortunately they have, you know, they pass away or whatever. So, you know, you, you I'm not saying spend your money, you know, like crazy, but I'm also saying you got to live in the moment and make sure that you're doing what you need to do for, for the future. Absolutely. Um, that's another great point. So I'm going to, I'm going to bring this up here real quick. So, um, the social security administration did a study, right? out of um, all the average um, retirees, um, let me find it here, um, 53% will end up broke, Yeah. 36% will end up dead, they won't even make it to retirement age, okay. just like you had mentioned, even, yeah. you, even if you do, you may only make it a couple of years, and that's why we always got to have fun, because folks, 36% of us ain't even going to make it to retirement, so you might as well enjoy the journey. <laughs> stop stop trying to look at retirement as the Now, easy, easy now. <laughs> we still got to make sure we're preparing for the future. Yes, <laughs> but you just have to enjoy every day is what Absolutely. I'm trying to say. 5% will continue to work because they have to. 4%, only 4% of U.S. retirees will retire financially secure and only 1% will retire wealthy, 1%. Think about that. So mm -hmm. that's why we always need to prepare and work as hard as possible and get with folks like Mike Fender over here, Edward Jones, man, to keep your stuff organized and be prepared. Um, 
What's an interesting fact or story that most folks may not know about you? Ooh, okay. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, that's a good one. I mean, most people, you know, unless I actually tell them, they don't really know that I'm actually in the military, you know, especially with being in the – I try to use that to my advantage a lot of times. I hate yeah. to say it, but I try to use it as an advantage. But Absolutely. You I, know um, – Hey, you sacrificed to do that, so you, yeah. you can use that you yeah. know, by all means. Get my discounts every once in a while. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but no, I mean, uh, a lot of people don't know that I went to college and played basketball. Um, oh, nice. You know, I went to Wright that makes State. Sense. You're a little tall. Yeah, I, uh, I, uh, uh, in, uh, I graduated in '99 uh, over in Maslin, a private school in Maslin, not actually Maslin Tigers, but um, you know, led Northeast Ohio in scoring and three point field goals in '99. Dude, and, baller over here. Um, you know, um, <laughs> went to college, sat the bench. Um, didn't really get to play a whole lot and didn't get to play at all, actually. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, Michigan State won the national championship in 1999. Mateen Cleaves. Mateen Cleaves. Yeah. Yeah. I was sitting at the end of the bench. The, the Michigan State lost four games that year. One was to Wright State University. I was sitting at the end of the bench in street clothes and uh, saw Mateen get his butt kicked by Wright State. Is that right? Two days, two days after Christmas, no way. Uh, 1999, right before we hit, right before we hit um, 2000. So That's uh, a cool yeah, story. so uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, um, most people don't really know that a lot, uh, you know that because uh, you know now they look at me and go, hey, "Holy smokes, you kind of let yourself go there. You played basketball," but uh, you know, hey, you know it happens. It was twenty years ago, twenty-two Man. years ago, but yeah, I can still shoot. I just, you know, running up and down the court gets a little, <laughs> gets just, a little just rough. Just go three-point line to three-point line. Just, That's just right. Jump back and forth. <laughs> okay, so man, I didn't know you were a baller. So now I got some follow-up questions. All right. Um, all right. If you were going to coach third uh, third grade basketball, I wouldn't. <laughs> I've already been uh, offered that. Okay. Yeah, but wait, yeah. it's so much fun. It's a lot easier than baseball. Let me say that. Um, so help me out with a simple. Can you? We don't have a diagram here, but can you help me out with a simple play? Drawing up a simple play. Where do I just set for one third pick? grade? Yeah, third grade, third and fourth. Uh, just an ISO pick. Pick and roll. You know who? You know you. I mean, you guys know John Stockton, Carl Malone. Oh right? yeah, of course. Yeah. Pick and roll. The best duo for the pick and roll ever. Yeah. If you can teach a kid or kids to pick and roll, it is unstoppable. If you do it right, that's the easiest thing. You know when you when you clear out the the paint, run an ISO play. You know ISO yep, would be yep. just mean a one on one. Run a pick and roll. Yeah. Every time, every time. And, uh, you know, you know, when I coached high school, I think you and I had talked briefly about uh, one of your Patrick, one of uh, Patrick. I didn't know uh, Patrick was a baller. Patrick. I actually coached Patrick in high school at Temple Christian um, and uh, coached him his senior year. And uh, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you know, motion is a great play. But, it, you know, for third graders, it's tough to really come up with something right. that they're going to actually actively run and actually do and do it right. So, you know, you just got to make sure that you're doing the best you can to make sure that they're moving. Yeah. Move. Move. If you don't have the ball, move. Yeah, they like to stand around. Yep. Got to move. When you go back to the pick and roll, too, um, the – thing that really stuck out to me with my boys gavin is on my you know my son is my th my third grader 
was setting the pick is good. They've got yeah. that part down, but it's the roll, yeah. the and roll. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm teaching them because you can seal them off, yep, and now you're off. automatically open. You stick yep. your hand out, you're yep. open. You've got a natural um, – you positioned yourself. Um, you've sealed that uh, defender, so the pick and roll, the good old pick and roll. <laughs> yes. Shout out love to it. Carl Malone it. and John Stockton, <laughs> the mailman Malone. Okay, cool. So are you ready for the huge four? We're going to wrap this up here real shortly. We've got the huge four questions for you, then the rapid fire round, and All we'll right. let you get out of here, man. All right, Appreciate sounds your good. time. Yeah. All right, the huge four. <laughs> That's my wrestler's voice. You like it? Macho man kind of. Macho man. Yeah. It works. <laughs> What's the one thing you wish you would have known when you began your career? Investing. Yeah. Be, in, in, in my my Edward Jones career? Yeah. Um, so far, it's you know it's been good. I don't really have anything right now, but early on, early on in my life, in my in my work career, um, investing. You know, whether it be a hundred dollars a month, two hundred dollars a month, five hundred dollars a month, whatever you can afford, put it away. Have fun, but also make sure you're doing what you need to do for the future. So just do something. Do something. Like those kids. Just roll. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do something. Don't, don't do just stand there. Do don't, something. Yeah, do something. Make sure you're putting that away. And don't touch it. Don't touch it. Leave it alone. Right. Quit. Don't, don't sit there and look at something new that somebody else has and go, hmm, you know what? I've been putting some money away. I think I can go use that for something. No. Yeah, the old no. shiny objects. Right? No. No, set set it up on. on automatic deposit yep. and f- forget the password. Write the password down and rip it up. Listen, even in a, even <laughs> in a, even if you're working 20, 30 hours a week as a part-time employee and you're 18, 19 years old, you can afford $100 a month. Anybody can. Absolutely. Anybody can afford $100 a month. Do you realize what you could do with $100 a month for the next 30 years? Think about that. Oh, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Um, what is your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? Well, I, w- I would say I wouldn't. I don't know if it was a failure, but you know that business took a lot out of me. Um, um, you know, emotionally, you know, family. Uh, that was tough. You know, working those hours, being away from home. You know, I, I'm a guy that uh, <laughs> I've spent five years of my life overseas, almost five, um, combined with you know contracting, military. Um, you miss a lot of things. Um, I would say that one of my biggest failures is being gone as much as I've been gone. And, and, and then also having the business, um, you know, working 80 to 100 hours a week, just being not being there. And I, and I will thank, uh, you know, like Dan, you know, I thank Dan for giving me this opportunity because it's put me in a position that I can spend time with my family. We can go do things on weekends. Yeah, I still have to do my drill, still have to go out there in the military base. But, uh, you know, being you know, I, I, just a quick story here, but uh, um, the day that I left for Afghanistan as a contractor, my daughter was four years old, four and two, and um, in the middle of everybody. Um, I, I, bo- I boarded first, and uh, she came running up to the door back when they were allowed, you know, allowed up to the, the gate, and no, daddy, don't go. And I just dropped to my knees and bawled my eyes out. And mm. it was one of the hardest things that I've ever done. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I wish that I'd have been around a lot more, but it's put me in a good position for the future. And, um, you know, I, I, I take every moment I can now to make sure that, uh, and that, and I would give that advice to anybody. Don't take anything for granted. Uh, you know, make every moment count. So uh, that, that's, uh, that's one thing I guess I could say. 
Yeah, and I'd say that that was more of a sacrifice than a failure. But I, I hear what you're saying, and it, t it ties it all together. So yeah, it just the, feels like a failure. But it does because you feel, you know, when you, you when I got on that plane, I just felt yeah, yeah, yeah. I I get kind of tough on myself when it comes to those type of yeah. items, uh, those type of moments. But hey, man, well, thank you again. Thank you for yeah. your service. Appreciate that very much. Absolutely. What are the best resources that have helped you along the way? Honestly, um, you know. I gotta, I gotta give a big shout out to um, my wife, my wife Gabrielle. And you know, Gabrielle is one of my best resources. She is, you know, through this whole, through the military aspect, through through the business aspect, now through Edward Jones and me having to take all those tests and listen to me complain. I mean, she has been the best resource for me um, that I could ever have. She's been the rock. She she's been awesome. She she's probably one of the best. I mean, if if you guys knew her, if you guys were able to meet her, you'd you'd everybody falls in love with Gab. She's she's got the greatest personality. She's 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 very pretty, which I'm very you know. I'm, she's a little younger than I am, which uh, you know I get teased a lot about. You that. You married up is what you're telling I us. I did, I did, I out, did. You outkicked you outkicked your coverage. <laughs> I, did, I did, I did, and I put a ring on it as fast as I could um, before she realized who I really was. But uh, but anyways, no, um, you know I've got a great resources in Edward Jones. Um, the guys around the guys around here, um, you know Jeff Height in Lexington, uh, Ontario. Um, Jeff Bale, um, Dan Goodland, you know, still my buddy, still talk to him, you know, the Troy Baker up in Shelby. There, there's, you know, as far as when it comes to Edward Jones, the resources there are unimaginable. Home office stuff, um, you know, I get so much support and help. And then especially at home, um, you know, and out at the base, you know, I've got a lot of mentors that are retired now because I'm the old guy out there now. So, um, you know, a lot of those older guys are retired, but just so many of the guys that have helped me along the way in my military career. Edward Jones career and then especially at home just that home support you know it's great to have somebody at home to be able to tell you hey you know what I know you're having a tough time but I'm here so mm -hmm. well shout out it's a uh, happy Valentine's Day to the wife yeah yeah, yeah absolutely absolutely uh, so last one what are two books that have helped you or inspired you you, you know what? I gotta, <laughs> I gotta be honest with you. I'm not a big book reader. I don't read. Um, I'm not that guy. Uh, I hate to say it. You know, I, I don't know if uh, if that goes along with the military <laughs> aspect, but I, I don't have the attention span to sit and actually read yeah. a book. Uh, I, I, my mind goes to other areas and goes to other things. I'd rather be out playing with the kids, uh, doing those things. Um, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, going golfing. So uh, as far as actually sitting and reading a book, my attention span, you know, my ADHD kicks in and I, I can't, I can't actually sit and read. Uh, so I, unfortunately, I, everybody keeps telling me, oh yeah, you got to read this book because it'll help you here. Or you got to read this book because it'll help you here. Yeah. I've heard there's a lot of good books out there to help you in, in the, in whatever you're trying to do. And to be honest with you, I don't know which ones they are. So, um, you know, what I about to say Audible? That. Do you do any audio, no, audio books? No, I don't. That's I what I do because I'm yeah. I'm so right I can't stop and just <laughs> look. Oh yeah, it takes yeah. effort, especially if you're yeah. super busy and everything. You really have to, yeah. You have to make a choice sometimes. You're like, oh, I have ten free minutes here. What am uh, I gonna do? What am I gonna use it? Yeah, for no, no <laughs> so, I'm not that guy. Yeah. Um, okay, rapid fire round, and then we'll let you get going. So All you right. just gotta come. First answer that comes to mind, you gotta just throw it out All there. Right. All right, rapid fire round. <laughs> <laughs> 
What is your spirit animal? Eagle. Nice. What is your guilty pleasure? Golf. Favorite movie? Saving Private Ryan. Where is your dream vacation destination? Bora Bora. What's your go-to karaoke song? Uh, Heaven by Jason Aldean. Something you fear. Failure. What is your greatest accomplishment? My family, my kids. Who is your favorite superhero? Poof, Iron Man. All right. <laughs> favorite sports team? The Buckeyes. And finally, favorite food? Listen, I'm a I'm a I'm a steak and potatoes guy. Nice. I love I love my I love a good old uh, medium steak. Where's your favorite steak from? Home cooked or? I do a good, pretty good home cook. I'm if I don't lie, but um, you know I like going out and having one every once in a while. I'm a, I love Smith and Walensky. I love Mitchell's, but uh, there's a place over in New Philly uh, called um, the Vault. Nice yeah. makes a good, good steak over there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, check those them out sometime for a good steak. <laughs> All right, Mr. Mike Fender, thank you for joining us today. Any final awesome. things you want to touch on? No, I, this is this was great. I appreciate you guys inviting me. This was awesome. Yeah, no, thank you so much. Uh, appreciate you coming on. Thank you to everyone listening out there um, to the Dream Huge podcast. Don't forget to rate us five stars and subscribe um, and check back weekly for new content. Thank you, Mike Fender with Edward Jones. Yeah, he's got one more thing. You know, and, and if anybody out there does want to get in contact, you can Google uh, Edward Jones Mansfield. Um, you can give me a call at 419-522-5446 or michael.fender, F-E-N-D-E-R, at edwardjones.com. Uh, get in contact with me or get in contact with Jill, and uh, we'll be happy to even even if you want to sit down and have a conversation like I said, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't cost anything to talk. You know, that's the best part about it. Even if you want to come in, see if there's a fit, you know what, we can sit and we can talk and we can go over whatever you want to go over. Love that. It's free to come in and talk. Stop by anytime. Um, again, guys, thank you. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mr. Riley Place. Um, we're going to have you on as a guest here soon, Riley. I'm all for you're it. An, Absolutely. You're <laughs> investor extraordinaire, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu fighter, just just doing it all. Uh, I try and get the Man. old hand, but Yeah, so we're going to have you on soon. Mr. Justin Bigelow, who's going to have a book coming out very soon as well, How to Be an Awesome Real Estate Agent. And That's my... a book I'll read. Huh? <laughs> I'll, I'll read that one. <laughs> and myself, Pete Peterson. Um, thank you for listening. As always, remember the rules. Work hard, never give up, and dream huge. Thank you for listening to the Dream Huge Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. For more inspiring content, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Dream Huge Realty and on TikTok at Dream Huge Inc. Until next time.